Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, a federal judge issued an important ruling for same-sex married couples. Audible, the producer of Spoken Audio Entertainment, has a new free series of coming-out stories for Pride Month. The Village People stand up to Donald Trump, and Billy Porter shares his message for America. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. As I begin this episode of The Randy Report, I want to share a special message. I had hoped to open this episode celebrate the beginning of Pride Month. But when our country is roiled with protests expressing our anger at the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, I feel the need to say something. We cannot remain silent in our support of the black community and the outrage we feel that we live in a country where a black gentleman can be killed by a police officer while not resisting in full view of other officers on video, with bystanders watching and pleading for the man's life, while he pleaded for his own life. If we sit by and remain silent at that type of atrocity, and the atrocities that are perpetrated toward people every day in the name of hate, we become complicit. We become complicit in the actions of those who perpetuate hate and the broken system in our country that preserves systemic racism. During Pride Month, we celebrate milestones in the LGBTQ community, honor those who came before us, and acknowledge the obstacles that remain. Without the inclusion of black LGBTQ community members, there would be no pride. It would be an inaccurate history to not recognize the accomplishments of black, queer, and transgender Americans. We can't be silent, and we must be unwavering in our support to the black community. The Randy Report exists as a means to empower everyone who is marginalized and victim to those who hate us for our sexual orientation, gender identity, or the color of one's skin. I proudly stand with the Black Lives Matter movement in support and outrage. We must demand that the institutions of our country that allow for privilege, supremacy, racism, homophobia, transphobia, and violence toward anyone simply for who they are, be confronted openly and honestly so that real change can begin. It's when we all stand up and ask questions that we find a way forward. Which brings me to my first item. Tony, Grammy, and Emmy Award winner Billy Porter took to Instagram this week to address the issue of ongoing racism and homophobia in the country with his candid and sometimes blistering message to America. Never one to demure from expressing himself... Porter begins by calling out white Americans who continue to be blind to the systemic racism that continues in the United States. The Post star then shifted his attention to the African-American community, noting the violence committed by black men against LGBTQ people, particularly trans women of color. Here's an excerpt. And just to go even deeper, and black people hear me, because y'all ain't going to like this one. As a black queer man in America, 
my basic human rights have been up for legislation every single day that I have had breath in my body from all sides. And by that, I mean that the black community's relationship with the LGBTQ plus community is appalling at best and eerily similar to that of white supremacists versus black folk. Hear me, black people, and hear me well. I'm calling y'all out right here and right now. You cannot expect our demands of equality to be met with any real legislative policy and change when y'all turn around and inflict the same kind of hate and oppression on us. The tragic reality here is that black trans as well as gender non-conforming women and men are being killed in the United States by cis black men to such a degree that it is nearly the worst emergency for trans women on the planet. The murders of black trans women by black men since 2016 have helped drive the most violent period for LGBT, LGBTQ plus people on record. Just this past week, during the riots, during the peaceful protests, Ayanna Dior was brutally beaten by a gang of black men while trying to peacefully protest for our rights. LGBTQ plus black folks are black people too. Our lives matter too. So this is my response to those of y'all who don't understand that. Fuck you. And yes, I am cussing. It's time for cussing. Y'all, this conversation is not about tolerance. This conversation is not about acceptance. It's about a demand for the respect for our humanity. Like we respect everybody else's. Because none of us are free till we all are free. So to my homophobic and transphobic brothers and sisters, get your fucking houses in order. Porter also addressed the upcoming presidential election in no uncertain terms, saying, We have two clear choices in November. Vote this M. Effer and all of his cronies out of office, reset, and begin the American experiment again at zero, or not. He added, In November, this election is the most important that we've ever seen in our lifetime. Democracy is on the ballot. White supremacy is on the ballot. Homophobia, women's rights, trans rights, Muslim rights, all human rights are on the ballot this November. And I ask you, America, will we be better than this? I guess we'll know the answer come November. With his passionate voice rising with emotion, he ended his message urging viewers to vote, vote, vote. Vote. In other LGBTQ news, a federal judge ruled this week that the Social Security Administration can't deny survivor benefits to same-sex couples who were unable to be married for the required nine months due to gay marriage bans. Even though marriage equality became the law of the land in June of 2015, some same-sex couples still found a discriminatory barrier in their way when applying for spousal benefits. Lambda Legal brought a class-action lawsuit, Eli V. Saul, 
which included the case of Michael Eli. Eli met James Taylor, not the famous musician, in 1971 in California. After 20 years together, the couple moved to Tucson, Arizona, where Taylor found work as a jet mechanic, and Eli maintained their home. Although same-sex marriage wouldn't arrive in Arizona for several more years, the two men did have a commitment ceremony in 2007. And when the state's marriage laws changed in late 2014, after being together for 43 years, Eli and Taylor exchanged marriage vows and became legally married. But six months later, Taylor would lose his battle with cancer. The Social Security Administration denied Eli survivor's benefits for not being married for nine months, even though that was legally impossible for him in Arizona. James Obergefell, the plaintiff in the landmark Supreme Court case Obergefell v. Hodges that ultimately made same-sex marriage legal everywhere in the United States, was also a plaintiff in Eli v. Saul. Mr. Obergefell didn't qualify for a lump-sum benefit from the Social Security Administration because when his husband, John Arthur, died, they had only been legally married for three months due to Ohio's marriage laws, even though they were together 20 years nine months, and 22 days, their three-month marriage wasn't enough for the Social Security Administration. But Judge Bruce G. McDonald's decision in the U.S. District Court of Arizona changed that. McDonald wrote in his ruling, quote, Because same-sex marriage is a fundamental right and the underpinnings of the duration of marriage requirement had relied on the unconstitutional ban of that right, it cannot be said to be rationally related to a legitimate interest to a surviving spouse, such as Mr. Eli. Peter Wren, one of the Lambda legal attorneys, told NBC News that even with the Obergefell decision five years ago, the plaintiffs in the case, quote, have been deprived the protections of marriage, and without this court victory, they would have been deprived those protections for the rest of their lives. He said, being able to access survivors' benefits can make the difference for whether someone can afford the basic necessities of life, like housing, food, and health care. Because the court's ruling also certified the case as a nationwide class action, same-sex spouses across the country who were similarly banned from meeting the nine-month requirement by discriminatory marriage bans will now have a pathway forward to relief. One class member, Josh Driggs from Phoenix, Arizona, already experienced homelessness on two separate occasions after the Social Security Administration denied him survivor benefits based on his more than 40-year relationship with his husband, Glenn Driggs. He told NBC News, while these monthly benefits may seem modest, they can make the life-changing difference between having enough food, medication, or a roof over one's head. In honor of Pride Month, a new Audible original program called Coming Out Party, a Pride Celebration, is exploring the coming out stories of LGBTQ people in the entertainment industry. Hosting the audio special is comedian Nikki Levy and RuPaul's Drag Race alum, Shangela. In a statement, Levy said, Being a gay woman, it's always been important for me to showcase LGBTQ stories. Growing up, so many of us tried to pretzel ourselves into what we were supposed to be, that we became amazing performers just to get by. There's a feeling so many of us have of watching the world from the outside and keeping the real stories locked up inside. Well, it's 2020, baby, and it's time to let them out. 
The list of LGBTQ artists and creatives who appear on the special include Grey's Anatomy's Jake Borelli, The L Word Generation Q's Rosanne Zayas, The Wendy Williams Show's Nikki Paris, Bears in the Streets, Lisa Dickey, Pose star Angelica Ross, and Unprotected Sets' Daniel Rugg Webb. Levy noted when discussing the program that sharing our coming out stories in a way that's honest and vulnerable and comedic means that we get to own our own truths. Audible's Coming Out Party is available now, and you can listen to it for free for the entirety of June. I'll have the link in the show notes. Also coinciding with Pride Month, veteran gay journalist Thomas Roberts is launching a 30-minute streaming show to share gay good news. In a four-minute video shared on Facebook, Roberts announced that he will host a daily program called Thomas Roberts Live at Five, and that his goal is to share positive news stories about the LGBTQ community. In his announcement video, he said he hopes to be really aggressive with this and shoot for an episode every day at 5 o'clock for at least 30 minutes of good news. He said the show will originate from his home in Atlanta, where he's been sheltering in place since March with his husband Patrick Abner, but that he may eventually take the show on the road. He said the first program will stream on Monday, June 8th on a newly created Facebook page titled Thomas Roberts Live. And his first guest is out Emmy Award winner Leslie Jordan of Will and Grace fame. In a posting on Facebook, Roberts said the program will be, quote, dedicated to reporting gay good news in coordination with gay pride during the month of June 2020. Roberts didn't indicate whether it will run beyond June, but he certainly left the door open. I'll have the link in the show notes. The iconic 1970s disco group The Village People have finally had enough and demanded Donald Trump stop playing their music at his campaign rallies. Victor Willis, the lead singer of the group that became so synonymous with queer culture in the late 1970s and 1980s, took to Facebook to condemn Trump's approach to peaceful protesters who have swarmed the streets demanding justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, as well as an end to police brutality against black people. Willis wrote, If Trump orders the U.S. military to fire on his own citizens on U.S. soil, Americans will rise up in such numbers outside of the White House that he might be forced out of office prior to the election. He added, And I ask that you no longer use any of my music at your rallies, especially YMCA and Macho Man. Sorry, but I can't support what you're proposing. Willis's comments mark a sharp turn from the band's previous stance on Trump's use of their songs at his campaign rallies. It was just a few months ago that the band released a statement saying that as long as Trump, quote, remains respectful in using their songs and that there was no implication that they endorse him in any way, they had no problem with their songs being used by the president and his supporters. Their stance at the time was disappointing to many, especially in the LGBTQ community, though it did result in some pretty hilarious instances where oblivious Trump supporters danced to YMCA in the streets, completely failing to realize that literally everyone else considers it a fabulous gay song. Get ready for a Trump Twitter rant against the village people any minute now. And speaking of iconic songs in the LGBTQ canon... Diana Ross's pop tune, I'm Coming Out, has earned its place in the pantheon of queer anthems. Recently, one of the co-writers of the song made a hilarious reveal. 
that Miss Ross didn't know what the song was actually about. Nile Rodgers, who co-wrote and co-produced the song with Bernard Edwards, told the New York Post recently that Ross had no clue that the song referred to LGBTQ life when she recorded it. He told the Post, She didn't understand that it was a gay thing, that it was a person saying, I'm coming out of the closet. She didn't get that. Nevertheless, the diva Ross loved the lyrics, recorded the song, and watched it rocket to the top of the charts. She also watched in horror, however, when New York DJ Frankie Crocker joked that the coming out anthem was maybe about Ross trying to come out. Ross confronted Niall Rogers in tears, accusing him of ruining her career. But Rogers calmed her down and explained the true impact of the song. He told her, Diana, this song is going to be your coming out song. We think of you as our black queen. And I even wrote a fanfare. I explained to her that it's just like when the president comes out and they play Hail to the Chief. Ross would later embrace the song and her gay icon status. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time. 